Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. A special show today. I was not on the live broadcast on SiriusXM Patriot number 125, which is at 6 a.m. Eastern every morning and on the SXM app. Uh, but I did get to speak with our old friend, Michael Walsh, who was the original editor of Big Journalism, tapped by Andrew Breitbart to be our first media editor. Uh, he used to be a mainstream media reporter on both European issues and classical music. He is a prolific author of both fiction and nonfiction books and is just one of the most interesting people, I have to say, that I know in conservative media. And he has edited a new book on the Great Reset, which you're going to hear all about, and it features some of the true luminaries of our time in the conservative intellectual sphere. But he's a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, that is today's show, my interview with Michael Walsh. Michael Walsh is on the line with us. He used to be one of our editors at Breitbart News and is a very prolific author, but he's edited a new book called Against the Great Reset, 18 Theses Contra the New World Order, which is out now, and it's got essays from lots of conservative stars such as Victor Davis Hanson and Roger Kimball and a number of other people, James Polis, Michael Anton, Conrad Black, pretty uh, amazing list of people contributing to this, and Michael himself, of course. So, Michael, Good morning. Great to have you on the broadcast. Hey, Alex. How are you? It's great. It's great to have you on. A very impressive piece of work here. And I want to start with just the broader concept of the Great Reset, which is like so many things, was referred to as a conspiracy until all of a sudden it wasn't. And now people have sort of understood that this is really happening. Uh, what is it? Who are the key players? And why do you think this is such a big threat? Well, I think we can sum it up in their own words, Alex, as you mentioned. Uh, the left has been running around for the last several years saying this is just a cons- right-wing conspiracy, except that it's a conspiracy that's actually on the website of the people who are conspiring. That's so right. uh, what they like to say is <clears throat> you'll own nothing and be happy. Uh, and if that, <laughs> if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what, what doesn't. Um, it's a group of people based in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, there are people from all over the world who participate at their annual conference in Davos, which is up atop of one of the Swiss Alps. And it's a consortium of plutocrats, fascists, and governmental apparatchiks who wish to basically have you live in a high-rise, drive an electric car, or preferably don't drive the electric car because they don't like you mobile, and eat bugs. So... How can you say no to that, Alex? Yeah, it sounds sounds delicious, especially get that teriyaki sauce go. Maybe some maybe some sriracha. I mean, the, those cicadas can be really quite quite delightful when they're in season. Yeah. No, but it, it is true. This is all real. None of this is, yeah. uh, and, and they admit it. And I like to point out that the uh, World Economic Forum has a podcast called the Great Reset Podcast. So I, I don't yeah. know. They're they're if it's a conspiracy, they're not hiding it very well. No, they're pretty bad at it. In fact, they even wrote a book called. Uh, COVID-19, colon, the Great Reset. So now you see the link <laughs> to what we just went through for two years of the COVID hoax and the COVID fascist lockdowns and the abrogation of our civil rights. And the worst thing is we passed their test with flying colors. We lined up to go into those 
yeah. keep slaughtering pens. And it's the biggest disgrace I've witnessed. I've just turned 73, so I've seen these movies a couple of times. Uh, I, I couldn't believe the whole world fell for it. And our fellow citizens on the left, our good friends across the aisle, couldn't wait to put us under house arrest. They couldn't wait. And you still see them in the supermarkets with their stupid little masks on. And, you know, Halloween is coming up. But when I see them down in the supermarket, I say, hey, a little early for Halloween, isn't it, buddy? Uh, they have no sense of humor about this, of course. No, they don't. No, 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 no. It's it's a religious uh, symbol for them at this it point, is. and yeah. and 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 they're coming back in a major way. Uh, you've already preempted my first question, which is uh, I contextualize our COVID response, the West in particular, uh, and the Great Reset. Uh, they're entirely intertwined. But can you put some color on that? Sure. The Great Reset wants to keep you locked down. They, they want fewer people in the world, for one thing. They're not even shy about that anymore. Uh, but they need you where they can see you. And the idea of mobility, which America's founded on, I've made this point to Europeans. As you know, Alex, I've lived almost half my life in Europe. And sure, of course. I explained to them that the, that the key to America was mobility, that you could go 3,000 miles if you wanted to, and no one would stop you, and you had a way of getting there. Well, they don't like that. That makes them very, very uncomfortable. Uh, what they also don't like is freedom. So they need you as a consumer. It's the matrix, really. Uh, they need you as a, you know part of the battery system to operate the uh, plutocratic lifestyle that they live. They fly their private jets into Switzerland, and then they lecture us about climate change. I think the poster boy for this whole thing is maybe John Kerry, who's one of the most despicable people America has ever produced. Throughout his life, he's been on the wrong side of every issue. Uh, and yet, as you see, he's prospered from it very handsomely. Now, it helps to marry your money twice. Let's not forget that. You know, upwardly mobile boys need to keep this in mind. But you, too, can grow up to be John Kerry. Yeah, uh, one person who is a major player who I doesn't think get get enough attention is uh, Yuval Harari, who is a celebrity-friendly mm-hmm. guy. And he is really has a huge God complex, and he's seen as Klaus Schwab's right-hand guy. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about him? Yeah, I don't know too much about him. He just came on my radar as we were developing this book. Uh, he's an Israeli sort of transhumanist uh, who, as far <laughs> as I can tell from watching some of his speeches on YouTube, really does think there are too many people in the world. Yeah, he uh, does. He is, he is the intellectual mouthpiece for the Bond villain, which is Schwab, of course, who even talks like Dr. Zell in Marathon Man. I mean, you have a collection of comic opera villains that are running this thing. King Charles, uh, the new king of uh, Great Britain, uh, he's another member of this clique. Uh, and, and yet we, we, we listen to him and we go, oh, okay, fewer people? Yeah, okay, I guess we have it coming. I mean, we really have played this hand very poorly, Alex. Uh, we have, and it, the implications are popping up constantly. And again, they might not always be labeled as the Great Reset, as uh, Davos does like to label it. But it, it's happening. I just want to, I, I, I want to play. I want to illustrate this point by way of a clip from uh, last mm-hmm. night in the Pennsylvania uh, Senate debate oh that took place. Here's here's John Fetterman talking about fracking. Let's play cut seventeen. 
You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't I don't I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Yeah, I stand. I do support. Fracking. He never supported fracking. It, it, it's the no. this is the whole thing is that we're throwing away our energy independence. Well, here's the other thing about the left. Now, Alex, as our listeners may may or may not know, you and I go back to the very beginnings of Breitbart, and when it was just a gleam in its daddy's eye. You even more <laughs> than me, obviously. <laughs> uh, but one of the things we all knew from the beginning, and I'm talking about Andrew and you and the late Mike Flynn and Nolte and myself and. Peter Schweitzer later on, uh, is the left always lies. And they're shameless about it. So you even have the, the, the video evidence of them saying X, but they know they denied that they said it. Like Kamala Harris is now saying, well, she never really encouraged, you know, the defunding of the police movement. Of course she did. Uh, of course Fetterman was against fracking. They lie whenever it's convenient to lie, and they count on really our goodwill, I think this is the weakest part of the conservative movement, is we don't like to seem rude by saying, hey, you're a bleeping liar, right to their right. face. But we, should, but we should, because that's the only thing these people understand is direct confrontation every single time to get in their face and hurt them. Otherwise, they're going to keep on hurting you. Against the Great Reset is the book 18 Theses Contra the New World Order, edited by Michael Walsh. He was one of the original Breitbart editors and a longtime friend out from Post Hill and Bombardier Books, which uh, does a really good job uh, putting these things out. And uh, essays from so many of your favorites who are in here. I overlooked Douglas Murray earlier, who's wildly popular. Uh, so many great names writing important things on maybe the biggest topic going because it connects so much. Um, and I want to get your take, Michael, on a couple other uh, really key components of the Great Reset or a key, uh, I guess, industries that are pushing it. Uh, one of them is big tech. What's big tech's role in the Great Reset? No, big tech's role is to shut you up. Uh, <clears throat> I noticed this morning when I woke up, there was a thing from the libs of TikTok, this wonderful woman who just simply posts what crazy leftists are saying on sure. the Chinese spyware called TikTok. And she signed up for a new liberal uh, 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 what, uh, compliment to Twitter called Tribal Truth or something like that. And she wanted to see how fast she would get banned from it. And it was 20 minutes when she put up uh, her first post that said, men can't get pregnant. Gone, right? Gone. So yeah. the, the, the tech companies are there to shut you up. I've been banned from Twitter for two years. And Alex, I... I didn't have hundreds of thousands of followers, but they got on me and, and really put me down hard uh, in August of uh, 2020. Uh, Facebook puts you in jail constantly. I've just come out of another 30-day stretch uh, in the who's gal. And somebody said, what kind of companies treat their customers like this? They treat you as if you're criminals. And the, the criminalization of our team is going farther and farther and farther. That's why the election in two weeks is, is so important. And listen, I know the Republican candidates are going to let us down and turn into rhinos, and they'll all be 
over having dinner with Mitch McConnell two weeks later. But at least beat them now. You're, you are exactly on the same page. My expectations, once they win, are very low, but I'm still rooting very hard for them all to win. So, um, okay, so so next up, and, and you, this is, again, you are almost a clairvoyant in seeing where I want to go with this interview. I, I, what is the role wokeness plays in The Great Reset? Well, wokeness is a way to shut you up. Uh, it's it's an, out, uh, an outgrowth of political correctness, uh, but it... It has now moved into a completely, uh, you mentioned religious experience. So like faith, it believes in impossible things. Depending on your religion, you can believe that uh, the God of Abraham uh, spoke to the ancient Israelites in the desert. You can believe that uh, a a dead itinerant rabbi hanging on a cross got up and, and left the tomb three days later. You know that that's impossible, literally impossible and yet you believe it because you have faith and i don't argue with people who have faith but the wokesters believe in things that are impossible and they will go to their graves fighting over it so it's a it's an extreme form of leftist atheist religious zealotry men can get pregnant i mean how absurd is that and how fast has that come in just the last few years and we haven't stopped it we have to andrew understood this instinctively which is you fight it every time they open their mouth, you fight it. You never let them get away with it. Otherwise, they'll just keep pushing. Because as you know, Alex, I like to say they never stop, they never sleep, they never quit, they never quit, never. Yeah, and connecting the two is really significant because I find Twitter in particular, but really all the social media platforms, so off-putting, and I really struggle to use it, and I don't want to indulge them. I don't want to make money for the shareholders of Twitter, and I don't want to participate in uh, w- what they do. But that said, so much of the conversation still happens there that Twitter controls, and they can censor yeah. voices who break through and get a big following who say stuff they don't uh, agree with. And it's a real thing for me. I, I, I've got it easy because I've got a radio show and I've got a website, so I can kind of get the word out by other means. But for a lot of people, that's the easiest way to get the word out, and it is being controlled by great reset advocates. Yes, it is, and and that they will just keep on pushing it until they're stopped. Now we have some hopes for Elon Musk. We hope he fires seventy five percent of the Twitter. People How fun and, would that be? Rest- oh, it would be tons of fun. I'd even like to get my my Twitter account back once once in a while. But but Twitter is the journalist's medium. That's how they talk to each other. Uh, right. They're sort of like dolphins making little noises, <laughs> you know, in the ocean, and they go whip, 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 and, the, whip, whip, and then they go off and all swim in the same direction. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, it's the journalist from our early days of Breitbart, uh, writ large, and they all read it, con- you know, all the time, constantly, they refer to it, they, they, they spend more time tweeting. And what I worry about, especially since I'm an old fart now, which is the speed at which this media uh, universe rotates is so fast that it can't literally get any faster. It's almost hit the speed of light. And then what? Then we have a completely atomized society. So to, to get back to the book for a second, Alex, the, the idea for this book, Between Hardcovers, is 450 pages long. It's 18 essays, each of which are roughly 8,000 words. We go into every single aspect of the Great Reset, the political and the personal, 
and the ineffable, even the arts are, uh, come in for an examination by me at the very, very end. Transportation, politics, you name it. Uh, we, we wrote this to last. I didn't want it to be journalism between covers that would be out of print, you know, out of the meaning, meaningfulness two seconds after it was published. Like that book on Liz Trust in Britain. Aha, how many copies is that going to sell now, yeah. right? This is, the, this is the problem with instant publishing. So I told everybody, great writers like, like Conrad Black and Michael Anton, and you, you go through the list that you see in front of you. Uh, we're writing for two years from now. It's like the movie business. Let's say you sell a script right this minute. The movie may be out in two years, maybe, or 10, or never. But you, you have to look at the future. What I'm trying to do here now uh, as I approach the end of my active career is to slow it down so we can look at it and see it for the ugly monster that it actually is. And that's because otherwise we're too caught up in the immediate point scoring. Um, and I think that's what killed Andrew in a way. I, as you know, Alex, he was constantly fighting back on Twitter and every social media. Yeah. And I used to say to him, slow down, slow down, slow down slow down and then yeah. when i had my heart attack and andrew and you were one of the two of the first people to come into the to the hospital there in washington 11 years ago i said andrew i'm a messenger from your future slow down so the speed kills and i and i think if we can step back pull the camera back a little bit and look at this thing uh our side will have much better intellectual firepower the bolsheviks didn't uh, revolt in russia somebody else did and they just took it over because they had the intellectual framework of Marxism and Leninism under their belt, and they were ready to go. So we, we have to take a page out of the left's book and be intellectually secure when it comes time for us to actually act on what we believe. Against the Great Reset is the book. Michael Walsh, who was one of the original Breitbart editors, is uh, the uh, editor of the book. He's put together these 18 essays. And uh, Michael, you're one of the most educated and worldly guys I know, but I'm sure you learned something reading some of these and editing these essays from these luminaries. Uh, was there anything that jumped out at you as really significant? Uh, <clears throat> uh, no, and, that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, and I got what I wanted from everybody. I worked them very hard. Uh, and yet everyone has unique insights. And Anton's dissection of socialism is brilliant. It's actually the longest essay in the book. It's almost 10,000 words. Uh, to have someone like Conrad Black, whom I don't know personally, but worked with very collegially uh, via email, uh, to analyze the merits of the capitalist system. And yet we're not cheerleaders for, you know, for things. Uh, there's, there's many different ways to organize a society. And I wrote a book two years ago called Last Stands, which is about famous military last stands. And I'm in the middle of another book now, which is called The Rage to Live, Time to Die. And that's about critical moments in military social history that changed the society literally overnight. So an example is Alexander the Great at Galgamela when he defeats Darius and destroys the Persian Empire. Uh, the Battle of the Mildian Bridge, which I'm working on right now, when the Emperor Constantine defeats one of his co-emperors and leads to the uh, establishment of Christianity as the religion of the Roman Empire, no longer persecuted, but almost overnight, within 100 years, it became the dominant form of religion in the former Greco-Roman world. These are really, really important moments, and what I've asked everyone to do is to try to find that moment in what the 
great resetters are trying to do. Salvatore Balbonis, who is an American living in Australia, did a a wonderful piece for us about transportation, uh, the future of transportation, green transportation, self-driving cars, all of which gets to the point of you'll go where we'll let you go, Buster, and don't you ever think about getting in that car and driving to California again. I did that last year, Alex. I I, I put 14,000 miles on my car just because I wanted to see the USA probably one last time for me uh, and have the freedom to do it uh, because that's a freedom they really want to curtail. And that's something that hits everybody that's listening to us right now. What, was it a big pain? Was it, want, what, can you not? Was it a big pain to find a luxury shopping mall so you could, you know, recharge your electric vehicle uh, for hours and hours <laughs> at a time? Every, every, every 25 yeah. miles? Well, I can, I can get from my house in rural New England to uh, any of my former places in Los Angeles in uh, four, four days, three nights if I really hustle. But you can't do that in an electric car. You'll be still charging that thing after yeah. 200 miles uh, across Pennsylvania. It, it's it's so funny. It's actually the EV movement is anti-road trip, which I, I think is just not good. So they're, How they're can so you be fun. anti-road trip? You're not an American. Who could be anti-road you're, trip? You're, you're exactly a communist. Right. Let's face it. I mean, come well, on. Michael Walsh, fascinating guy, a part of the Breitbart heritage, and also uh, anything he writes is terrific. One of Andrew Breitbart's personal favorite writers, but uh, you should all check out what he's edited, which is a terrific piece of scholarship against the Great Reset out now. Best of luck with it, Michael, and I will have you back soon. Okay, thanks a lot, Alex. Good to talk to you. Thanks again to producer Zach Jones and Greg Eben and to all of you for listening to the broadcast and telling friends and family members about it. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. I got-